Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. O God, you declare your almighty power chiefly in showing mercy and pity. Grant us the fullness of your grace. At the core of today's gospel lesson from Mark is a question about discipleship. And it's a question that's carried over from the scene we read about only last week. What does it mean to follow Jesus? What does it mean? Well, like younger siblings watching older siblings test the limits of what will and will not fly with their parents. Likewise, this morning, we get to watch the disciples make a mistake and wonder aloud what Jesus' word breaks open for them and hopefully for us. On the heels of Christ's teaching about servanthood, the one where he points to the servant's heart as the key to true greatness, comes an interjection from John, one of the twelve, that interrupts this lesson. Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. Not following us being the key words there. Notice that the problem isn't that this charismatic prophet and expeller of demons isn't following Jesus. No, that's not it. If anything, following Jesus seems to be at the center of this man's, of this prophet's life. No, the problem in the eyes of John and the other disciples gathered there is that this man is not following us, the twelve, the established in-group, believed to always know best when it comes to following God. And I don't know if it's because he's just been interrupted or if it's because of the content of the interruption or both, but in any case, Jesus's response seems somewhat pointed as a consequence, fiery and heated, you could say. In words that sound strained, if not totally exasperated, Christ responds to the maddening revelation that's just been presented to him by his disciples, by his closest followers. Why would you stop this man? He belongs to me. He's a prophet and evangelist for the gospel. He's got my message written across his heart. And don't you know that that's the main thing? That that's the most important part I can almost hear in Jesus' words to them? In other words, what Jesus is saying is that the blossoming of discipleship is not to be limited to some in-group, but instead seed that grows and flowers in every person centered on the Lord. There is a spirit of openness and welcome in this passage, and it is the same spirit that we see at work in our reading from the book of Numbers. Caught up in a fervor about who should and should not be sharing word from God. Joshua calls upon Moses to stop Eldad and Medad because they have acted out of step and should therefore cease their irregular prophesying. But Moses does not stop Eldad and Medad and says instead, are you jealous for my sake? 
Would that all the Lord's people were prophets. Would that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. Cutting across feelings of jealousy and pride, Moses and Jesus, both stories, beg us to question what it is exactly that has us feeling so possessive, that has us feeling so crazed about who gets to be in and who has to stay out. And in our passage from Mark, Christ meets that crazed feeling with a word that is shocking, because sometimes that's the word we need to hear when we're spiraling out of control. Yet as Lamar Williamson and many people who are smarter than me have helpfully, thankfully pointed out, Jesus's instruction to cut off limbs and pluck out eyes is figurative and hyperbolic. It's not meant to be taken literally. But it is meant to be taken seriously, he argues. It is meant to be taken seriously. And part of the work of taking Jesus seriously is a full appraisal of that kingdom God is inviting us into. So much so that every obstacle that stands in the way is instantly expendable. But that doesn't mean that those obstacles are easy to overcome. Today's readings make that lesson more than clear. Instead, what it does mean what it does mean is that those figurative limbs and eyes, those parts of ourselves that cause us to stumble, what it does mean is that those things, those challenges, need to be taken seriously. And though it is not particularly easy to do that work, to make that appraisal, the truth remains that we know something about evil because we've seen it. And we know something about sin because we've done it. And we know something about hell because we've been through it. Every person in this room knows something about valleys of the shadow because every person in this room has borne the weight of being human, of being alive, of being a person who is beautiful and beloved and made in the image of God and yet far from perfect and certainly capable of making mistakes. Yes, today's words from Jesus, the vividness of his language might sound harsh, but the more I sit with it, and more importantly, the more I pray with it, the more I pray the image of that great millstone, the more I feel that there is a message here that is deeply pastoral because this isn't the only time Jesus talks about carrying heavy things. In Matthew's gospel, Jesus says, come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Taking both Gospels together, I think God wants us to know that we don't have to carry that great millstone and the sin and the decay and the death that it represents. We don't have to play the game of deciding who gets to be in the in-group and who has to stay out. We don't have to be jealous and possessive and prideful. We don't have to strain with that weight around our necks. 
As you might have noticed, the collect for today names that God's power is declared chiefly in showing mercy. And so my prayer this day and every day is that we will let that be an invitation to drop what we've been carrying and take Christ's yoke upon us. My prayer, my fervent prayer, is that we will find rest for our souls. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen.